Welcome to the Becoming You podcast with your host, Rachel Wood. This podcast is designed to help you step into your greatest self with solo episodes with Rachel and her guests and their stories of becoming. Let's dive in. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Becoming You podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Wood, and you guys, I am so excited to be here today talking into your lovely ears. Okay, so I'm going to give you the preface warning. If you hear rumbles, bumps, and whatever uh, in the background, it's because I think my neighbor is probably hammering something or mowing the lawn or whatever, making noise of some kind. It's okay. We're not going to let it impede us. We're still going to get what we came here for, right? Right. Okay. So let's do it. Today, I want to talk about transcending fear. Uh, This is kind of a big topic. And this week, I've actually been really thinking a lot about the dynamics and the kind of intricate details and what makes up a hero story or a transformation story or a becoming story. I, in case you guys didn't know, I'm a massive Harry Potter fan. I've, I mean, I've talked about it on the show before, um, but like y'all, I'm in a Harry Potter book club and I've already read these books many times over and like I'm 29 years old. I'm in a Harry Potter book club. We meet once a week over zoom. It's fantastic. I love it. And we're not even in like the later books where the hero story of Harry becomes really prevalent. We're just in book three, but like it's gotten me thinking and I feel like I need to do like a whole like deep dive into this particular hero story. It makes me want to read like Tolkien, even though I've never really had a desire to read Tolkien before, but it's making me really interested in hero stories and both for the sake of this podcast, but then also for the sake of kind of trying to peel apart why it is that we resonate so deeply with these becoming stories and what we can learn from them. And obviously the ones that we're going to, that I'm talking about here are like fictional, but at the same time, they follow the same path. They follow the same methods and they are in so many ways, all ringing true in parallel to one another. So this idea of transcending fear, where does this idea come in in someone's becoming story? Transcending fear comes in when the hero, you, are finding yourselves at a crossroads of do I transcend fear and do the big scary thing or do I duck, cover, hide, run away? And it's not quite as simple as the whole like fight or flight thing. I think that there's a lot more that goes into it in terms of just like our psychology and also how it shapes us and how it forms us. If we want to bring it all the way back to this kind of animalistic response, we can definitely do that. And I do want to take a second to talk about it. Um, one of the things that I really helped when I was still coaching, one of the things that I really helped a lot of my clients see and understand was that we are still mammals. We as humans are still animals. Um, we have hardwired responses in us and that sympathetic fight or flight response is one of them. It's what helps keep our physical bodies alive. And it is very important that it's there because it protects us. But in the modern world that we live in today, so many of the stressors that we experience are not actually life-threatening. They 
are threatening to our, you know, immediacy and our, the, our comforts, but they are not life-threatening necessarily, but our mammalian brains are like really basic. They don't know the difference, um, between like when you, you know, get yelled at at work versus when you are, have a, when you have a broken leg, like you can have the same like stress response in those two scenarios. And so when we talk about this idea of transcending fear, it is this point at which you, the hero in your own story, have to decide if you are willing to face the fear and do the hard thing anyways, or if you are going to back down and yield. And I wanted to kind of really dissect this a little bit more and talk about like what happens or like what happens before we ever get to that crux point of trying to transcend fear. What happens is this thing called perceptual narrowing or tunnel vision. Now tunnel vision can be something that happens in a very, in a very felt way, in a very immediate felt way. You know, when you're experiencing a high stress response and you get that like actual, like true tunnel vision. Or you can have like conceptual tunnel vision. Um, if you don't know the, if you've never heard of perceptual narrowing, um, this is something that all of us do. It's something we all have um, hardwired as a tactical tool that our brain uses basically to help us be able to pick out details and to be able to organize information better. So as an example, something that's very neutral babies. Babies have this really beautiful ability to um, differentiate easily between faces. They've done studies on this to show that when you show like a baby who is white, a, you know, stream of Asian looking faces, and I'm just being very, very, very stereotypical here. Um, If you show a baby a bunch of different like faces of all Asian people, a variety of different Asian looks, or even people that, you know, look fairly similar, um, but they're all Asian. Um, the baby will be able to tell the difference between all of them versus an adult who is white, who has lived amongst mostly white people all their life. If you show them a lineup of, you know, 10 different Asian people, even if they're from different Asian group people groups, um, they may not be able to really tell major differences. And that comes from this concept of perceptual narrowing. Some people might say like, oh, that sounds really like racist. Um, but the reality is, is that our brains are actually hardwired to, um, categorize information for the sake of, um, keeping things more simple, but then also being able to pick out detail. Because if you're not able to tell the differences between some, between a group of people that you don't spend a whole lot of time around, you are able to tell the small differences between groups of people that you do spend time around. So it's kind of like the brain's making space, um, for things that it deems as more important. Um, and so I think that's why living in diversity is really, really key. Um, but that's another topic for another day. So that's the idea of perceptual narrowing. And so what happens when we are going about our lives and we're really focused on 
ourselves and our lives and the things that are going on in our little universe um, is that we can tend to forget the big picture. We can tend to lose sight of the big picture. And for me personally, I know this has happened so many times and there's been periods in my life where I really, really lost um, sight of the big picture because I was so focused on what was directly in front of me that I wasn't able to really like recalibrate myself um, to be able to decide what was truly important. And I allowed myself to think that small, minute details were really, really important in my life when in reality they weren't. Um, And so you may just call this perspective. You can call it perceptual narrowing, whatever you want to call it. But like, I even remember this is just something from when I was a kid that there was a time when I came home from school, I came home from like tennis practice or something. And I had so much homework to do. I had like literally hours worth of homework to do. And I had no idea how I was going to get it done and still be able to like sleep that night. And I was so upset and so worried and, and remember kids, I'm the one that was like a psycho. I had to get like perfect grades, even though I definitely didn't, I thought that I did. And I tried my, my best to do that. Um, but I was crying and crying and crying to my mom, like, mom, I don't know what to do. I don't have enough time for this. I can't do this. I'm not going to be able to be successful. I don't know how I'm going to finish this, yada, yada, yada. And like, she was able to see the big picture and say, Rach, you're literally wasting time by crying to me about this right now. And that was like a moment of tough love, but also like I was hysterical about this detail of my life that in all actuality did not matter at all. And so when we do that to ourselves, what it can lead to is these hysterical emotions of thinking the world is against me. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what other people want from me, yada, yada, yada. We tend to get kind of defensive um, and just thinking that the world is against you and that you're never going to, it's never going to be right. You're going to fail, blah, 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 blah. Right. Like we tend to get really, really upset. And so When you fall into that spiral, when you fall into that trap, it becomes very difficult to transcend fear because the fear, you've already bought into it by that point. You've already bought into the idea that there's something bad that's going to happen if you don't do X, Y, and Z, if you don't reach the goal, if you don't, you know, finish the thing, if you don't do whatever it is in your life that you've deemed is 100% necessary for you to do you've already determined that something bad is going to happen. And that's why you're upset, right? And so when we can take a step back and actually ask the question, what's really important here? What do I really need? What's actually on my heart? And release the idea of needing to do anything at all. Um, I think one of the things that for me had been so difficult was to release all the I have to's. I have to do this. I have to do that. All of these things are non-optional. But the reality is that they are optional. Every single thing that you do every single day, except for breathe and allow your heart to beat and your body to exist, all of those things Everything else, like everything else beyond that, you don't have to do. You get to decide what you want to do. And 
when we come to it from that perspective, then it allows us to open things up and say, whoa, wait a minute. What have I been doing that doesn't feel great? What have I been doing that doesn't serve me? And how can I step into something different? How can I, you know, transcend whatever these fears I have and move beyond them to see that I really don't need to be afraid of whatever it is that my ego told me that I should be afraid of. Like I can let those fears go. So when you get to this point of trying to decide of like, what should I do? You can either give into the fear or you can, and shut down, or you can move past it and essentially take the leap. I understand that falling to the fear, it feels paralyzing, to put it lightly. I feel like that's what crippling anxiety and depression is. It's fear. It's falling into this place where you have conditioned yourself to be so fearful of not being enough or your life not looking a certain way or, you know, whatever it is. But I think it's this fear conditioning that we find ourselves in or that we walk into unknowingly. And then it becomes this kind of conditioned response of, well, I just, I have no choices. I have no choices. I have no, I've decided that these fears are too big. And so then I'm left, I'm leaving myself with no choice. And it feels terrible. It feels terrible when we do that to ourselves. But I've done it to myself in the past. I know my sweet, lovely husband has done that to himself. And all it really is is just boxing yourself in. You're boxing yourself into a no-win situation. And when you land yourself in no-win situations, it doesn't allow for creativity to find new solutions to your problems. It was amazing. So this morning, uh, Stephen told me that he had a stroke of brilliance, of course, while he was in the shower. And I know so many people tell me they're like, I have the best ideas when I'm in the shower. And creativity and uh, different avenues of thinking has been something that he's really um, leaned into lately. And even last night before bed, he was doodling. I've never seen him doodle before, ever just for the fun of it. And this morning, then he gets out of the shower and he tells me, he's like, honey, I came up with a solution to a problem that has been dogging me for almost four years, four years, an issue he's had at work. And I was like, really? That's amazing. Maybe you need to actually start like doing that whole creative thinking thing more often. Maybe you need to do more doodling. And so it's just examples like that where when you give yourself the opportunity to take really, really big steps back from what it is that you are so unbelievably focused on, it gives you the opportunity to see other options. It gives you the opportunity to see doors that you didn't see before, right? It makes sense. But I understand that moving backwards 
can feel paralyzing. It can feel pointless and it can feel like you're just going to be groping around in the dark and potentially like your brain runs through all the scenarios, all the what ifs, all the, oh, this could happen. Oh, that could happen. Oh, it's just going to be a big disaster, blah, 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 blah. Right. I know that feeling. It's terrible. I can a hundred percent say that whenever I was facing a problem, taking a big, big old step back was the first step in me being able to effectively solve the problem. And again, it's just one of these basic life lessons, getting perspective, but you almost forget. I feel like that's something we forget all the time. And as someone who is a creative, that's why I have to give myself breaks from my paintings. Like I can't just do one painting start to finish right then and there. I have to give myself and my eyes and my brain a break to be able to come back to it and see it with fresh eyes, like the next day or in a couple of days or whatever. Because I know that if I focus too heavily on this one thing for too long, it's not going to be nearly as good as if I come back to it with fresh, fresh eyes later. Another thing that can happen is that this idea of like taking this big step back or transcending the fear and moving beyond it Um, our egos can make it sound really, really logical to do the safe thing. Um, again, this is something that I know I've personally struggled with. We can like logic our way through staying small, staying safe and keeping ourselves from doing anything big and scary. I know I've done this so many times when I've said, oh yeah, I would love to do this thing or I would love to have this thing, but you know, any attempts to achieve it or go after it seems absolutely foolish, seems like dumb. It seems like not a good choice. It seems like a bad idea, yada, 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 yada. And the reality is, is that anything that you're trying to achieve, if you want it because you think it's going to help you have a better life, It's not necessarily a bad thing to go after, but you have to analyze your own motivations. And then you also have to analyze your motivations for why you may not be doing something. One of my coaches asked me this question and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Brilliant, brilliant, revealing question. So you can think about for yourself, what are the things that you want the most, but you do not yet have? And You can make like a little list for yourself, but maybe just pick one thing. What's the one thing that you want more than anything, but don't yet have? And then ask yourself, what are all the reasons why if you didn't achieve this thing, or if you didn't get the thing that you want, it'd be fine. It's really not that big of a deal. All the reasons that you tell yourself that you either don't need it or it's really not a big deal or it's not something you have to have or whatever, or it'd be selfish or yada, 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 yada. And you can list all those reasons, but those reasons that you list are the reasons why you're not taking action on it or you may not be taking action on it. When she asked me that question, I was like, because really like my biggest struggle personally is disappointment. I always have this big fear of disappointment because that was something that was kind of a recurring theme in my life as a kid, as a teenager, as a young adult, man, I felt like disappointment just came. And 
eventually it came to a point where I was creating my own disappointment at times. And then I went, took it, I took it to the next level where I didn't want, I decided to not desire things because if I desired things, then I opened myself up to the possibility of disappointment and I couldn't have that. And I couldn't do that. That's a sad, sad place to be y'all. It's a sad place to be when you don't desire things because you're so afraid of what might happen. When your brain tries to tell you that the things that you want aren't that big of a deal, they're not that important, or that you don't need them, look at those reasons. Look how easily you buy into them. And look at where they're coming from. Are they coming from a place of love or are they coming from ego and self-preservation? I can say right here and now that anytime I told myself, no, I don't really need it, I don't really need it, blah, 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 I could have logic my way through it saying that it's like, it's a selfish thing for me to want X, Y, and Z. But the reality is that it wasn't necessarily selfish. It was me trying to be self-preserving. It was me trying to protect myself. A coping mechanism but one that keeps me small and keeps me stuck. And so when we go through the actions of figuring out what it is that we need to do in order to move past this fear, to transcend it, when we take that big step back and analyze and we're able to actually problem solve for ourselves, Amazing things can happen. Truly amazing things can happen. And I think that in order for us to even be able to take that big step back to get that perspective, that takes courage. That allows you to put the fear down just long enough to get some perspective, right? That's what we have to have. Again, I think back to this whole idea of the hero story and what does the hero always do? Or maybe multiple times they fall into fear, they fall into fear, they fall into fear, and then they, and they stumble and fall multiple times until they're able to transcend the fear long enough to achieve something and prove to themselves that it's possible. Moving past fear isn't something that you're going to be able to do every single time that you come up to a problem. It's just I don't think that it's possible for humans to do it every single time, but man, we can create this as a habit. Now I'm not saying that you should go out and, you know, like jump off a building and just be reckless. No, there's this thing called calculated risk, but the reality is, is that when we keep ourselves small, we don't allow our lives to get big. It's just, that's just like the math of it. You keep yourself small, things won't get big. That's it. But also things can't grow. I feel like this, something that I have learned in the last, really the last two years, I guess, is that we are all in a state of either growth or stagnation and growth feels uncomfortable, y'all. It feels uncomfortable. And I think there's seasons for each of them, definitely. But Man, I 100% prefer to be in these stages of growth because it feels 
much more supportive to me as a person. And it feels like I'm actually getting somewhere. It feels productive. And I won't lie. I'll be the first person to say that being productive feels good. It feels really good to say I've been productive. Helps you feel proud of yourself. It's no different than when you're five years old and you drew a cool stick figure and you bring it home and you show your mom and you're just like, mom, mom, look what I did. You know, it's the same thing. We all like to feel useful. We all like to feel productive. It's one of the important things that makes us, you know, happy in life. And I think this transcendence of fear is really required for us to be able to have, you know, fulfill, really fulfilling lives. So you can kind of ask yourself today, in what ways can I be the hero in my story today by transcending fear? And it can be in big ways and small ways. I know that I've experienced both. For me, if you guys have been watching my Instagram stories, this big thing that I've been afraid of that I didn't want to do is build a picture frame. And I know that I could just go and send my paintings to the framers down the street from us. They're personal friends of ours. Like I could do that. But I also want to learn how to do it myself. Just basic frames. And it's not even so much that building the frame was scary. It's using the power tools. I, I don't know why I have this really big fear of using big, powerful power tools. And because it makes me nervous that I'm going to injure myself or that I'm going to impale myself or something along those line, lines. I'm a weakling, y'all. I'm a weak little, little baby person. And <laughs> so I've been challenging myself to use a skill saw and use a nail gun, even though it freaks me out to no end. I'm like afraid that I'm going to nail my finger or something like freaks me out so bad, but I've just decided to do it anyways. And the only way to, to learn how to do this effectively is to practice with it and be okay with making mistakes and, and also be smart, you know? And so it can be basic, basic things. Or it can be really big big things. But how can you transcend fear to be your own hero in your story today? I love that idea. Maybe you write it down on a piece of paper or you make an intention for your day if you're listening to this the morning that it comes out. But just know that you're capable of transcending fear. And if you want to achieve new things in your life, it's required It's absolutely essential. And pay attention. When you find yourself saying, I have to do this, I have to do that, I can't do this because X, Y, Z, that's a cue to check yourself. Check your point of view, check your perception, check and make sure that you have not narrowed yourself in too close to the problem. Remember to take those big steps back, breathe, and then you can look at the problem with new fresh eyes. Mm, This was good, gal. I loved this one. Okay, so last little bits. Right now I'm in the November feelings series. I'm doing these little eight by eight paintings, um, that are quite lovely. I've released two of them already. I'm working on my third and fourth and 
they're all based around a feeling. So I, at the beginning of the month, I asked on Instagram, everyone to send me a word, a feeling word that they either were currently feeling or that they want to feel. And I got a bunch of responses and I loved them all. So right now I'm working on, let me look up at my board here. I'm working on positivity and the place between happy and sad. I don't know what the word is for that feeling. Maybe content? Maybe not. I don't know. But the place between happy and sad and positivity. Those will be the next two that are coming out. And so if you are interested in one of those, you got to head over to my Instagram or find me on Facebook. I'm posting it there too. And you'll get all the information in the caption of those posts. If you're not following me on Instagram, what are you doing? at realist underscore Rach. And if you haven't heard, I yes, have a website now. Whoop whoop. It's rachelwoodart.com. Super simple. You can find all of the prints there. You can find um, some of my originals and of course, all things related to the podcast. So that's what's going on. And I'm already excited. I'm thinking about projects for next month as well. And I am taking any and all suggestions. I know the holidays are coming. This weird is this year is weird though. This year is really weird. What are people doing for Christmas? Are you guys interested in Christmas related gifts for people or should I just keep going on my flow? I'm open to suggestions. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's everything that I wanted to share with you guys today. I am just sending you all the love in the world. I'm hoping to have some new podcast guests coming in the next few weeks. We'll see what pans out. Like I'm so basically just going with the flow with this whole thing, but it's been super fun, right? Like we're enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I hope you're enjoying it too. Share the podcast with your friends, subscribe, leave me a review and if you want to, you can screenshot the podcast on your phone when you're listening to it and then tag me in Instagram or Facebook and tell me what you liked about the episode. I'd love to see that. All right. I'm sending you all the love. Have a fabulous day. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.